Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Seen and Nerd. Today we're going to talk about some Mr. Robot, and I'm joined by some, uh, well, one friend that you've known for a long time, if you're listening to the show, and uh, a new friend that we like to join, uh, that wanted to join with us. Um, so first I'm going to introduce her. Her name is Alyssa, and she's a Mr. Robot super fan, so say hello to the oh. audience. Hi. How long have you been following the show? Since season one, right? Oh, yeah. I think before, actually before when they put that first episode up on YouTube. <laughs> oh my God, that's yeah. uh yeah that you're got a my super family OG. addicted. And uh, you had a funny story before we started. Actually, you you actually went to the season two opener, a special yeah, screening so, for it. Yeah, so I went to the premiere uh, for season two, and then went on Hacking Robot afterward, which was pretty cool. That um, is super definitely. Neat. Definitely, the premiere definitely sounded cooler than it actually was. You guys heard I was telling you that story about how we watched it on two pretty on crappy televisions. Screen. Wasn't even like yeah. in a theater or anything. That's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, and we're also uh, happy to have back uh, Sarah, Miss Belmont. How are you doing? I'm good. You know, chilling, yep. playing in the cut, hanging out with some bears. Well, well, I'm so used to being announced first that you threw me a loop here buddy <laughs> and sorry. it was it's i don't know what i did but i'm really sorry but it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of a slap in the face going on right Nothing now Nothing wrong with Whatever. being introduced second guys we're just so excited Alyssa wanted I... to join us <laughs> she's a wealth of knowledge well, and we're happy she's here and so are you I mean, yesterday you told me that you really missed talking about Mr. Robot with me, and today you immediately went to Alyssa, with which, Alyssa, you're great and everything, but I kind of earned this. <laughs> I'm sorry, I stole your, your flame a little bit. Well, okay. um, let's, let's move on to. to the episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sarah, you're great, no. and everyone knows you're the anchor of the show, so we love it. Um, no, Alyssa... it's fine. I mean, Alyssa like goes to premieres for TV shows and everything, so that's, what? that's that was fine. fine. <laughs> and watching watching uh, world premieres of shows on tiny little fourteen inch TVs. <laughs> well, um, we definitely weren't disappointed with this past episode. I don't know about you guys, but um, everything seems to be really plugging forward towards the season finale it's almost as if like all the fun artsy stuff happened now let's seriously shove everyone into a bullet train and go straight towards the season finale because everything up until this point is uh including this episode has been just completely ramped up i feel like everything is on steroids and running super duper fast um so the opening of the show um it started with philip price and um oh my god i've already forgot his name we haven't seen him all season him, Colby, that dude. I thought he was like done with the with with Ecorp, but it turns out he's still uh, pretty super cool with Philip Price, and he's even writing books that he's the last honest man. And I was like, oh, isn't that funny how that worked out? But then we get this whole sequence with Philip Price talking about how he's uh like you know institutionalizing different kind of trading routes and stuff like that, and I'm like. Man, this guy is seriously good at what he does, and um, I wanted to ask you guys how how did you first of all how did you like actually how this scene was set up? Because I think this is one of the more visually striking opening sequences, especially when Philip was um, making his speech at that slow push towards him. 
towards his death. So um, what really stuck out for you guys in this opening sequence? Uh, Sarah, we'll start with you. Will we? Is this a pity start now? That's why I'll I went it. to go first, because I felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, I forget the question now. <laughs> what was the biggest thing that stood out in this opening sequence for you? That line that Philip Price says about how anytime he enters a room, he always tries to figure out if he's the most powerful man in the room. And he alludes to there only ever being two other times which he wasn't. And so obviously White Rose is one of the people who he is not more powerful. He has more power than he does. But I question, and I don't know if either of you have thought about this, who the other person is. And because also when he explains that, he kind of stutters when he's saying it, like he almost forgets about the other person. So is there any possibility that it could be Elliot and we just haven't seen a flashback to where Philip and Elliot have met? I mean, and is this acknowledging that Philip knows who Elliot is? Alyssa, help me out. Uh, so I just want to say, based on what I liked about that scene, definitely the cinematography, that part where Colby walks out was kind of beautiful, but terrifying, because then that's, you know, that Japanese metal music starts playing. Um, <laughs> but definitely was a little confused when they were talking about uh, the trading routes and whatnot in Congo, just because they have kind of not really uh, fleshed out that storyline a lot. I feel like it got a little left behind and a little hazy for yeah. me. Um, but for me, I was thinking that the two powerful people and the pa- the fact that he stuttered upon thinking, oh, there's two, not one, was something mm-hmm. I thought was important because I was thinking that it was both White Rose and Minister Zhang. And that stutter oh. was almost like, does he know that they are the same person or does he not? Like, it's a little confusing there. Or that maybe is he a good does call. know that they're I've the same person. I've never thought about that. Maybe he doesn't know the same person, Maybe, but he yeah. wants to make that front to Kobe that, oh, yeah, we have, we have to make sure that when talking right. about the same person, you have to talk about him in two different kinds of people. I think that's exactly. pretty Yeah, because I, I don't I think that if Elliot met Philip at some point and it was going to play in, I think we would have known by now. I think it would be weird right. for them to just introduce it now because I feel like Philip knowing about Elliot would definitely add some suspense to what was going on. And because if Philip knew Elliot's power, I think he would definitely somehow manage to throw Elliot under the bus at this point. Unless he views Elliot as a tool he can use in the future. True, yeah. With the e-coin and all. And but it seems like... like White Rose is more like option eliminate all threats mm-hmm. than Philip Price is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't know. I always thought that White Rose had Elliot under his her thumb rather than giving that kind of idea to Philip Price and letting Elliot be that kind of pawn for him. But I could be wrong. We'll see how it goes. But we, I mean, it always, it feels like, especially in this season, that White Rose and Philip Price are playing two different games. Like, they both have their own agendas that were aligned during the first season, but are slowly diverging, especially... um, I don't know if it was last episode or the 
Oh, I think it was last week when they had that confrontation and White Rose practically threatened to kill Phil Price. Right. Which, yeah. please don't do that. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. He's a scary, scary man, yet we love him so much. <laughs> yeah, his involvement with the Chinese is still quite confusing for me, but I think that's something that... I think I'm not alone in feeling that way, and I think we'll learn a lot about that in the next episode or two. I hope that kind of bleeds into season three. now they keep... Yeah. Yeah. But I'm right there with you, Alyssa. This political (laughs) storyline about... I, I has completely lost me. I really don't know what's going on. Suddenly there's trading routes, which I don't think before this episode were was ever mentioned. I don't know right. if I'm wrong about that. So it just continues to evolve, and I'm not really sure where it came from or why it's important. But hopefully, at least by next season, we'll know, right? Because yeah. that's what Sam Snell does. Like, it seems this... like they have so many things. They have the political thing going on, but they also they they remember last episode they talked about that that pet project, and I assume they were talking about Angela. So thinking about White Rose being involved with that, it's like, well, how does White Rose now involved with uh, Angela? How is he involved? She involved with Angela now, and what would they want with her? So it's it's so many different options for what they could be doing. Yeah, and like right, it all is related really to stage back. two, you know? Yeah. Maybe. What White Rose is doing is related to stage two. I don't know how Philip Price and the Congo <laughs> relates to stage two. Um, but White Rose, stage two, Angela, and quote unquote, the plant all relate. So, so that seems pretty pretty much straight line there i just don't know about philip and what he what he's doing with terry colby yeah i guess in the end it turns back to the whole e-coin thing that he's really looking to get going also yeah and it shows he his can... oh it's going yeah <laughs> so i feel like that's his i feel like that's price's main motivation but at the same time he can't step on any uh, uh white roses toes just because he knows how threatening that would be Yes, yeah, that's well, true. A lot of more, a lot more questions. I feel like whenever we get an answer in this show, Mr. Robot, like ten more questions kind of come out from the answer. So we'll have to see where that leads to. But um, moving on, we see um, what happens with Elliot and Joanna. They meet up, and Joanna Wellick she makes um, Elliot or convinces him in a not so subtle way to trace <laughs> where the uh, phone calls are coming from where she suspects it's Tyrell and Elliot that Sarah I actually asked you a question before we started I was like does does anyone else realize that she calls him Ollie and I totally forgot that previously Elliot uh introduced himself to Joanna as Ollie so that's why she calls him that and that was a nagging question the whole time so thank (laughs) you Sarah um you're welcome (laughs) that's that's what you do so First of all, why do you think that Elliot didn't want to trace the phone call? Like, there was that line where he said, uh, where Mr. Roa was telling him, like, think about it. If she finds out it's not him or it is Tyrell, then she's going to kill him. Like, why do you think he jumped to that conclusion immediately if he knows that, if she knows that Elliot and Tyrell were working together? I personally think that 
Elliot is so right right now he kind of believes Mr. Robot telling him that he shot Elliot, uh Tyrell. So I, and that's Mr. Robot's way of keeping uh Elliot away from Tyrell for reasons that we definitely don't know yet. Uh but I think that in that scene his main motivation was saying if uh if Joanna finds out that Elliot or Mr. Robot shot never said killed uh Tyrell then you know she'll definitely kill him but um part of me thinks too that Elliot might be catching on to the fact well I my theory that Joanna actually has met Elliot before maybe as Mr. Robot and we never saw that history because when they met in the street way back in season one um when she, was mm-hmm. that season one when he called himself ollie yeah you remember now Finale. yes right mm-hmm. i she definitely seemed like she recognized him you know she smirked when he said his name was ollie and then kind of just went along with it in my mind i thought he i think she's trying to play with him a little bit so i feel like part of him or at least mr robots he's past that and is trying to keep elliot away from getting back involved again with Tyrell as more of a protective thing almost. No, I just want to go back to, I want to have, I want to say stuff about Joanna and Elliot. I have stuff to say. I mean, while Alyssa was talking, like 10,000 thoughts all went into my mind and half of them are forgotten, but that's cool. (laughs) You know, so Joanna and Elliot, Finally, Joanna makes a little bit more sense in the show. I was frustrated with her character um, for a lot of the season just because she felt so, so outside of everything else that was going on. And actually, Elliot, too, at his own fault, was kind of separated from everything else. Um, so it's nice to see them both back in a, in the same scene together. And that tension was beautiful. And I just love the editing of it because of especially in terms of how they included Mr. Robot into the scene um it just it it felt very interesting because of how terrified of Joanna Mr. Robot was which is very suspicious and there's that whole line where even Mr. Robot says like I'm afraid that she can see me (laughs) and just that back and forth while Joanna's doing her very elegant and beautiful stare down which is always great so so yeah i i had much more profound things to say but i have no idea so what did you think about joanna and elliot i thought it was a neat scene um i was definitely afraid of her oh what's his name joanna wellick's helper aid just totally offing him right then and there when what's his name he was nice enough to retweet the show, too. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, anyway, yeah, I thought he was going to mess him up a little bit, kind of like Shades of Ray and his helper, you know, when um, Mr. Robot was telling the story about him trying to fix the computer or fix Ray's kind of business plan or something. So I thought they are going to go back to that, but nope. Elliot's like, we, we got to fix the phone, so that was kind of cool. Or trace the phone, so. But, um... Moving on, though, we did you guys um did you guys pick up on the line um that Joanna says about Tyrell and her relationship with him about how he's protecting me and that's what you do for your partner and it goes back to what we've learned about the relationship between Mr. Robot and Elliot and how 
all of the lies and manipulation that Mr. Robot does to Elliot is an effort to be that protector that Mm -hmm. he knew as a boy when with his own father and that bond of paternity and how that's your first instinct. Um, Or I'm not a father. I don't know this, but from what my dad tells me, like it is your first instinct to, to protect your children at all cost. So I thought that was very interesting for Joanna, especially to bring up when she's trying to explain her very complicated and crazy relationship with Tyrell that we only have been giving glimpses into. And then there's her whole story. So do you think that they purposely put that line in there to kind of hint at where this season is going and the eventual reveal of really what is going on with Tyrell? Yeah, the relationship between Tyrell and uh, Joanna is definitely like a IRL, I guess, a parallel of <laughs> that between Mr. Robot and Elliot. Because even with specifically reading about dissociative identity disorder, which is kind of what we've determined is what Elliot has. Um, and you naturally read about such things. <laughs> I, I do. I'm that person who likes to research, I guess. Um, but um, there are even are types of alters and there are types of alters um, that are more protector types. And I definitely think that Mr. Robot is kind of, like serves that uh, role for Elliot, even though at sometimes we might disagree with the way that he wants to offer protection. Um, but if you sometimes. know, if you yeah, but if you think about you know everything that he's done in the end, it is kind of you know to uh, save Elliot from getting hurt in the end. And it's funny because a lot of the events that we've seen, especially with Darlene, we've seen her really getting herself into a whole this uh, season and we think oh it's uh, you know that's that the fault of them for messing up the plans and whatnot but really in the end it's kind of Elliot's fault for stepping out and if you think about it when he stepped out like uh, Mr. Robot wasn't present so it's kind of interesting to see how everything got messed up and everyone put into danger when Mr. Robot had kind of gone absent or sat on the back burner and let Elliot lead the way Right. There there was a lot of acknowledging that in this episode about, like, there's that whole monologue that Elliot has when he's driving around the s- streets and looking out the window and considering, like, really, is this what we were fighting for? And And then I love that line that he has in that monologue about maybe wars are just continuous. And it never ends, which that's what it feels like the implications are this season in the sense that season one, they won, but that was just a minor battle and things change. And Miss, or I was going to call him Mr. Phillip, but that's not his name at all. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me of when I called Matt Mr. Matt. (laughs) (laughs) but Philip Price and how he's now um, totally changed his game to go back to Matt's point about e-coin and that's or I think Alyssa brought that up but one of you did and how and we'll talk about e-coin soon but Matt I don't know if you picked up on about how 
how much specifically in this episode there was a lot of that explanation and consideration about if everything has been worth it to get us here when the world is like in a disarray yeah i think it definitely um, seems like the celebratory phase lasted like for a short blip of time (laughs) it was when they released the dogs but yeah pretty much (laughs) a bulk of this season is definitely is it all worth it i think that's the biggest question everyone's asking um it comes up at least once an episode someone is it is it all worth it and then it's a nice shot of everyone and all these long lines of ATMs and how there's posted signs of only $50 um, limits for cash withdrawals mm-hmm. and, and everything, everything like that. It's it, you wouldn't think that F society kind of faltered their plans at all. It's almost as if someone knew what they're going to do and take advantage of that situation. So I don't know, maybe that's just how the powers of B work. Maybe they did know that Elliot was planning all this the whole time. So, but there are, there yes. are stranger things. What? That that is a completely different show that everyone should watch as well. <laughs> Stranger Things. Yeah, good show. Yeah. I haven't um, gone into that rabbit hole yet. It's pretty great. You should do it immediately. Um, <laughs> any last thoughts on Joanna Wellick and Elliot before we move on? Um, that interaction between them made me feel strange things. It made me feel stranger things. Oh, there it is. It all circles back. <laughs> Just got to say that that was a, as far as uh, characterization and them like acting out their characters, I feel like that was just such such a heightened moment of Joanna being, yeah. I was I was thinking back to her pickle eating phase or <laughs> a, a moment, I guess, as she just kind of sits there and Tyrell goes crazy in the background. I was going to ask, yeah, that's where he just throws a tantrum, right? That's like right, my favorite yeah. gif on the planet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah same. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, one of the well, biggest mysteries from the last episode was what did Cisco find on that couch when he went back to Susan's apartment? And we find out it's uh, that one dude, Vincent, because we all remembered his name, right? <laughs> I know I did. <laughs> Completely so, remembered him. Right, because, you know, <laughs> totally remember that guy. Pivotal piece. And <laughs> it turns out to be because, you know, they bring him to the hospital. Darlene was about to, like, leave him dead. And then uh, Cisco kind of just was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, you're going to let this guy die? Like, you're crazy. And she felt bad. So they brought him to the hospital. Um, And their kind of, you know, B-plot this whole time is that the FBI is slowly um, creeping up on them and find out where they are. Were you expecting the FBI to find this episode? Because it kind of left it, I mean, skipping forward, it kind of left it to the viewer's imagination if they really found her, if Dom really found them in the restaurant. So... Do you think this is the end of Cisco and Darlene? And if so, why? And if not, why not? I do want to say that I was quite disappointed when the person on the couch ended up being Vincent. But I, know. I think we all, you know, everyone just wants to know where Tyrell is. So, Pretty um, much. Pretty but after, much. You, after you find out it's Vincent, you're like, yeah, why would it be Tyrell? Like, why? <laughs> um, but I definitely... I don't know if I expected the FBI to come on to them. I just, cause I, we were all kind of thinking, you know, Oh, she left the tape behind. There were all these things that were almost like, it's too obvious. You know, Sam's not going to make it that obvious. whatnot. Um, and then we also get that whole, going back to that topic about how was it all worth it? We kind of get that revisited again too. When they're taught, when we see uh, Darlene almost becoming, you know, 
uh, emotionless, I guess, when it comes to killing people off to save herself in the end. Um, and what she say? Like, he knew what he was getting into? I was like, right, oh my god, right. that's like something like from, Dark from the Army. dark side, let's say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like it's those things that started me, started having me think like, okay, maybe something really bad is going to happen. Because we see Darlene getting pushed to this edge. At some point, she's going to have to take a fall. So um, the moment for me when I thought, all right, someone's going to die, is when they had that interaction. This sounds very depressing. But they had that interaction between um, Darlene and Cisco in the diner when she, you know, they're smiling together and whatnot. I was like, all right, someone's definitely about to, to go as soon as someone has any happiness on the show right like yeah it, it gets pulled from under them just a little easter egg too with that scene that i saw picked up was that uh cisco just to make you even feel worse about it was that uh cisco's barcode tattoo translates to darlene which could either be wow Aww. that's very cute or it could be you know why does he have her name is that you know is he pinned to her as a mission of some sort so Probably. I like to go with the sentimental. That's reason, pretty but... cute. <laughs> you know, that's a keeper when he puts a barcode <laughs> of your name on his arm. So, so they can commit, but not too much. So if they ever break right. up, it's just a barcode. It has no meaning at all. No emotional attachment <laughs> at all. Um, Sarah, did you want to chime in on the whole Darlene and Cisco act? There were multiple acts, first of all. Thank you very much, Matt. Okay. But because we we completely jumped forward and missed the whole interaction that they had at the hospital and where we get okay. more information about Elliot and Darlene's childhood in that story about Cooney Island, which I... Okay, I'm going to take a leap here, but just go with me on it because... <laughs> I remember reading some, like, pre-season interviews with Sam Esmail, and there was questions about the Times Square scene in the finale when they show Elliot's family and the fact that Darlene is missing from that picture. Like, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Was she missing? No. Yeah, she was miss missing. It's only M Mr. Robot, his mom, and young Elliot in that photo. Oh, oh, I didn't yeah. realize that. I thought it. I thought it was the photo that they also showed around the time, like that was shot around the time of the '90s sitcom episode that had all four of them. No, because because I know what you're talking about, and I saw those too. But these interviews were, I believe, even before that, when a lot of people were talking just about the finale and what was shown, and that. Oh, I remember the there photo was, now. Yeah, so, and in those interviews, Sam Esmail always mentioned that there was a purpose behind that we're, that we're going to learn about in season two. And so me, and the way I think logically, my mind immediately went to, this is the explanation, this story about how basically she was kidnapped while they were having such a lovely afternoon as a family and completely <laughs> forgotten about <laughs> and that's why she was missing in that photo because she wasn't there like that's when she got hauled off by this crazy person who treated her well and treated her like a princess but I thought that was very interesting and just I mean it could be a leap 
I I don't really know. There's two more episodes, but he did say that we were going to learn about why she wasn't in that photo this season. And I can't think of anything else that relates to that in that manner. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. Like, it just as a little connection, I guess, to that. But I feel like if it's that significant, then it must go deeper besides, I mean, it's clearly an important part of Darlene, like fantasizing about this parallel universe or something. But Mm -hmm. part of me also wants to see how that plays out uh, in the rest of her storyline, like how her fantasizing about something like that plays out. I feel like there's more to learn from that. Right. And I like how it also a lot of that story and just the way she tells it tell um, speaks to her own sibling dynamic with her with Elliot. Mm -hmm. And which I mean, a lot of us with siblings, we can we can fully relate to this and this idea that the parents always view your siblings like as, quote unquote, more special than you. And there's that rivalry that builds. And, man, after listening to that story, I'm kind of glad Elliot is not my brother because I do not know (laughs) how to live up to that (laughs) with him being so special. And I like how it also bleeds into their dynamic now with this idea that you set out on building, building a society together. And then once you have the success one of you runs away from it and the other is left to try to uphold it, but they know that they can't do it on their, by themselves. And it's kind of like, no, we did this together. So why aren't you helping me try to keep it intact? And why did you abandon me? So I think there's a lot of layers to that whole scene. Um, But I, I mean, I really like that. And I like how, Sorry, Matt, I will wrap this up soon. I'm going on a complete tangent about this. No, no, this is all gold, dude. No, keep going. (laughs) I I really just, I like how that whole story, they interweaved it with Elliot, like using his quote unquote powers and being special and doing like what some would consider the impossible and tracing this call that, Joanna's had a lot of different people working on. So it it was a really good matching um, in terms of editing with that. So because sometimes I get annoyed when um, (laughs) when shows they like have a great monologue and they splice it together with exactly what they're talking about, like word for word. And you're like, yeah, I I understand that because you're telling me that. So I thought it was just a smart move and it help drive the tension even though it was such a small character moment too so it elevated both elliot and darlene's character characters um just with what darlene was saying and elliot's actions i think the biggest takeaway from what she said was also you know despite the rivalry she still really loves elliot because at the end she says but if i stayed at the house then i wouldn't have elliot so but that was a nice way to end it yeah That was great. It was. Yeah, I like that line a lot. It was a very aww. We have a lot of awe moments. <laughs> First the barcode on Cisco's arm, and then Darlene's like, I wouldn't have Elliot. So a lot of feel-good moments, and then yet we have not a so lot much. Of, a and lot a life. lot of, like, WTF mate moments, because, guys, we went to the store 
and we picked out some phones and got a phone call. What happened? <laughs> Who was on the other line? <laughs> it's um some uh, a heavy, heavy breather. Breathing. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> I don't know. I'm starting to think it's not Tyrell, but at the same time, it's like if it's not Tyrell, then who the fuck is it? And then why is it not Tyrell? That's my biggest question. But when they In... oh go ahead, sorry. I was just gonna say, in my mind, just imagining though Tyrell on this phone, you know, he's got his hand cupped around the phone and he's just breathing, <laughs> and he's kind of stopping to to laugh and smile to himself, like got him. Like part of me just thinks that would be hilarious to imagine. He's just, it's all an elaborate goof. He's on, in the house. <laughs> on Elliot, yeah, and he's in the closet this whole time. But, um, well, I mean, it's pr- close he's by. He's in the trunk. He's in the trunk. The whole time know. he's been in the trunk. Oh my god. Uh, no, but they said that it's um, when they trace it, it's only twelve meters away. So it could be in the same building. It could be across the street. So. Well, same twelve meter. They meant twelve meters from that location, and we oh, know that. Right. We do know that Tyrell and um, Joanna lived in Chelsea, if I'm not correct. So, so do you think they that that location was their old place? What do you mean old place? Did they ever move while in the? Sh- Did they ever change? I don't think so. I, I don't. They mentioned I don't, they had I don't a comment. Think so. Hello. Hmm. <laughs> no, I just, no, I, just, I um, yeah, yeah. I don't think they removed. I, I just remember that there was some comment that one of Tyrell's like competitors or something made about them only having a two bedroom or something like that. Well, the biggest mm-hmm. thing too is um, Joanna's age is like, oh, he wouldn't make a call from there. So it could be like yeah. a relative's house. It could be I don't know Philip Price's fucking neighborhood. I don't know. I don't know. I immediately thought it was. Scott Knowles, because who's the one person that Tyrell is in danger of right now? And Philip Price, yeah, he might, he probably hates the guy, but he doesn't have any sort of resentment towards Wellick right. like Knowles does. Because Knowles is like, this man killed my wife. <laughs> or well, I definitely well, believe that he did. <laughs> you totally read my notes because that's where my mind went to. <laughs> <laughs> to Scott Knowles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but that's a crazy idea, so I'm not going to say it. So I'm glad you did. And it is crazy. I don't know if it's true. I don't think it's crazy at all. I think it's. De- I think a lot of people will agree that they thought Scott Knowles is one of the people. That, uh, okay. I don't know. Because I think, I too, when in? they... Oh, I was just going to say that I think that oh, when no. they went to the dinner party there, I think they went uptown, so... That was my thing, too. Yeah, and they went to the room. <laughs> yeah. Can't even then think about this show geographically. Them. We're thinking about it. it's so con- so elaborate. Why do you think Mr. Robot disappeared during that phone call though in the store? Even Elliot noticed that, and he made sure that the audience knew that too. I don't know. I thought maybe he was finally giving up on protecting Elliot from Tyrell. Because <laughs> there really wasn't sure. I think... any breadcrumbs that would. In terms of like conversation that would lead Mr. Robot to just abandon him, I don't, I don't know. Right. Sarah, you want to chime in on no, that? No, but I mean, I mean, Mr. Robot is constantly. We still don't really trust him, um, because we know how much of a liar he can be, and he can manipulate so much. Um, even Elliot can do that. So. You almost don't even believe Elliot's own paranoia about that phone call. So 
I wouldn't be too surprised if at the end of it, it really was just Elliot trying, like, outsmarting himself with it and trying to point the finger at Mr. Robot when really Mr. Robot isn't involved in this. And about the phone call itself, maybe I shouldn't read pre-season, like, interviews or anything. (laughs) Because here's a... Here is a crazy thought about the whole who is trying to call or trying to call or posing as Tyrell and calling Joanna. Um, Do you guys remember her her boyfriend throughout this season who we haven't seen in a few episodes, but he has appeared every now and then. Mm -hmm. Didn't he threaten to like leave her, though? It's like a couple episodes ago. If she didn't. If she didn't go out in public with him, I thought that she was. I thought that she was planning to frame him for uh, whatever uh, Sharon Knowles' death because he was also at that party. That I did. I never thought about that, but that is genius. (laughs) And she would constantly ask him to like inflict damage onto her more so than the normal. (laughs) Well. What I wanted to throw out there was was that in learning about his character before the show even premiered, there was mentions that he has an obsession with her. (laughs) And who I I would be surprised and curious if it turns out that maybe the this boyfriend who we haven't seen in a few episodes actually turns out to be stalking Joanna calling her from these random locations, the more he learns about her relationship with Tyrell, the more he tries to emulate that. So that would be a weird twist. And it also plays into Elliot's own paranoia about reality because Joanna's kind of psyched herself out too, in the sense that she has full faith that Tyrell is in fact in life when really it's this um, other person in the background just trying, just posing as him and pushing her buttons and everything. Yeah. I'm not sure what the motivation would be for him to do that. Um, that's all my only thing towards that. And also I would be really disappointed if that turned out to be the case, just because, you know, we're all waiting on Tyrell's big reveal. Well, Hey, I am, I'm the first (laughs) one to say I want Tyrell to be alive at the end of this because (laughs) I think Part of my reason why this season hasn't worked as well for me as last season is because he's not around. And I found him to be such an engaging character. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I am fully on the support for Tyrell being safe and happy and secure so that he can, he can play games in the future with Elliot. Why did I just envision <laughs> Tyrell like chilling on a beach with like sunglasses on? sipping like some tropical drink and he's just like waiting for all this to blow over or something <laughs> bonsoir elliot <laughs> he's like yo elliot bonsoir i'm just you know in the canary islands letting it all blow over <laughs> um just yeah i think we're all hopeful that Terrell's okay because he's such a pivotal character last season so it'd be kind of weird just at the end he really is just dead so a little anticlimactic um one of the f- um i think that one of the more fun scenes this episode was when Elliot was speaking to directly to the audience as um, his friend, the character that he speaks to as the friend, which is us. And uh, we get a chance to actually kind of 
uh, look around his apartment. He invites us to do that. So do you see things yeah. that I haven't seen? Um, did anyone um, try the VR experience that there was oh, yes. um, doing online? So I never got to do that. Is that pulled directly from that or is it something similar to it? Because I got shades of that the whole time I was watching um, it. The looking scene. around the apartment? Yeah, right. that's not the same. That was more, they did a 360 view just so you can kind of place yourself in the apartment with them, but it was mm -hmm. nothing like, look around, what do you find? And it also, time frame wise, it wasn't, I don't want to spoil it from you, for you, but it, it didn't take place at this time too, so I don't think it would oh, be okay. the same anyway. Okay, but it definitely felt like a VR little experience, so oh, I thought yeah, that definitely. was super neat that the camera was panning slowly left and right and really inviting you to kind of spot mm -hmm. you know something interesting in in the apartment so i didn't catch anything did you guys see anything interesting i was looking at time codes on the waldo thing. no i didn't i looked well, out the window i didn't see anything <laughs> well classic reddit did actually see a book that was open and oh. they narrowed it down by the the cover on it and the passage and everything i never really read into that it was a book on programming though and people thought maybe that has to do with stage two but I do remember there was, I think, mail somewhere sitting around. And when Elliot came out of jail, um, well, not came out, but actually before that, when uh, Leon protected oh. him from those guys and said, yep. you know, you're going to get a letter, follow the instructions. Uh, in and our whatnot. minds, yeah, and our minds went straight to, like, release papers, and he's being let out because White Rose pulled some strings and wants to get Elliot in a position where he can help execute whatever stage, or stage two is. But that would make sense, too, about there potentially being some, some mail that Elliot never got because he was taken away to jail, so... That would make sense. My mind actually went to <laughs> season one, episode four, and the crazy dream sequence that occurs um, when Elliot's going to all of those different locations, including back to his apartment, and Tyrell is there, and he's holding up a key. And I wonder right. if maybe that key is in the apartment, and that key is actually like will unlock the door to wherever Tyrell is just in Maybe. the closet somewhere chilling just waiting well I thought that I'm gonna, the I'm key... gonna, yeah oh I just I thought that had to do with the uh encrypted files the key for those maybe maybe and I was also wanting to see if um you know how Elliot has that like digital graveyard mm -hmm. some would say um, of everyone he's erased um, throughout his life. I was wonder. I was trying to see if that was like out in the open and somewhere, and maybe like there's a disc and it's labeled Tyrell or something. So that would be interesting. There's a lot of different options they could do with that, but I agree with you, Matt. It was really well done and a nice part of the episode to have. The biggest takeaway really elevated from, it. The biggest takeaway from the show and why people like us and a lot of people go through the extent of like locating the right cover of a book that was open during that scene is just because the show is so creative both visually and um in terms of um like dialogue so it gets mm -hmm. again like hats off to sam s mail and everyone you know who thought of the idea of you know putting the audience almost into the narrative of the story like right into it so 
I've I haven't I'm trying trying to think of another show that would do something like that, but I really can't think of one right now. Black Mirror. Lost. But the audience <laughs> right in tone, I guess so, yeah. Black Mirror does it in one episode oh. though, so a little different. <laughs> it doesn't keep you wondering for weeks at a time. Because now I'd, all I want to do is go back and read up that Reddit article about what book they found, because that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Any other um, things that kind of stood out for that scene in Elliot when he was tracking down the phone and where it's located or coming from? Um, well, in his apartment or when he gets left alone, I guess, in Micro Center? Oh, well, just really anything related to that. I was going to oh, move definitely... on to the subway scene. Well, yeah, I definitely think that Mr. Robot disappeared either because my thinking was either it was something that he doesn't want Elliot to know about um, or it's maybe uh, Mr. Robot took over at that point and, you know, kind of excluded Elliot from the reality of what was going on. And that's why all Elliot hears or reports to us, I guess, um, as the conversation on the phone, as the breathing, you know, maybe Mr. Robot did kind of take over from that point and was discussing something with someone. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think about that. Yeah. Cause I feel like the Mr. Robot, if there's something, some part of them that's involved with, um, stage two, then, and I def part of me thinks that, or a whole of me, sorry, thinks that Tyrell is working with dark army and that Tyrell is somehow involved with stage two. That's why I think that Tyrell is alive. And I feel like, that phone call maybe um, Mr. Robot is involved with stage two and maybe he was discussing something that he excluded Elliot from or maybe mm-hmm. again there's that whole third altar idea maybe it's that third altar that is involved with stage two and that's why Mr. Robot has also not really given any clue to what stage two is about but I'm not sure I definitely do think it was some sort of protective thing that Mr. Robot was doing by either disappearing or taking over though that's kind of what he does so yeah it'll make a lot of sense sarah any last thoughts on elliot's uh on mr robot missing i guess mr robot mr robot i i i don't know i all my intention is trying to find tyrell willick so i can't really (laughs) focus on trying to find mr robot that is he main number one yes (laughs) where is the way he finds yeah or potentially finds him too is pretty cool to watch because yeah based on what small bit of programming knowledge i have it would be pretty hard to send a fax from a non-fax machine in linux that was great yeah i love his little remark i really like like that the only people who use fax machines are police. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which, which is not true. Okay. My (laughs) office has a fax machine and there are some forms that we have to fax places. So that is a complete lie. And I hope that they remove that for future viewings. Well, you live in Alaska, (laughs) so I'm just kidding. (laughs) Do you know that the faxes that you you... get are legit? (laughs) The question that now, because (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now I'm assuming that it's Elliot Alderson posing as someone else. AKA Matt. Command line faxes. (laughs) And Cantenas. Oh, let's let's talk about Angela and Mm. what a crazy character she's turning into. And there was a little there was a little action happening on the subway, if you know what I mean. 
wink, wink, nudge, nudge, elbow, elbow. I will preface that by saying that I am a proud angelic hoarder. So Ooh, I've seen I many people mad wait. because they they're the Tyrell and Elliot shippers. Oh, let's just stop. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. Yeah. It, you got cut off. Try that one more time. Oh. Oh, I was just going to say, preface this by saying that I am a proud Angeliet supporter. And I know that there have been many people who are sad about what happened because they have huge hopes for Tyrell and Elliot. But I've been Angeliet from day one. Well, I loved Shayla, but, you know. I was going to say, gonna things say, happen. I love Shayla. <laughs> yeah. Shayla. The VR experience will kill you if you love Shayla. No. Say that. Yeah. I'll do it. Not going to do that. Not going to do that now. I I like living. Thank you very much. (laughs) You should watch it. Definitely watch it. It ends with you getting thrown into a trunk. Oh, that would suck. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) Or out a window. Whichever you prefer. So. Yes. (laughs) Which. (laughs) Would you like to ask a question? Definitely out the window to, like, get the full experience. But. So, the scene between. Um, Angela and Elliot on the subway are are both of you on that theory that's going on right now that she was trying to get him to admit to have society and the whole conversation was recorded and that kiss was like both like a farewell kiss and a, an apology kiss and there's a lot of different layers to it um, have you heard about that theory does it make sense that she was wearing a wire basically yeah. yeah yeah i i saw that the motivation for that theory was i mean based on that whole mo- that there could be motivation for that but the hard evidence like what we actually see someone said Elliot grabs her back and he was feeling for a wire but then i looked at that other scene in season 1 where he hugged Angela and he does that same grab thing to her shoulder so part of me was like well he wasn't really grabbing for a wire and I personally don't think that she was like I think that she's Angela's kind of weak even though we've been built up to think you know she's this strong self-motivated now you know always doing the affirmations and whatnot but at the end of the day I think that she is pretty weak and will fold into something like this yeah and Yeah, and I think that she really, truly is going to confess just because she is so afraid of the consequences of hiding any longer. Um, But at the same time, she doesn't know, I don't think she realizes what she's getting herself into because she can't just go and say, I did this and no one else is involved. It's just me. Right, and from what I saw, I saw a little bit more evidence to the theory than just the way they were hugging but it was also it also goes back to that previous episode when she's shown about to be a whistleblower on whatever is happening with the plant that white rose wants to keep secure and angela is kind of threatening and so do you remember that awkward exchange she has with those agents in the hallway oh right so, yeah. and and I don't really know how that scene concluded or ended. I feel like she got away, but it still felt kind of open-ended. So I could see there being a scene missing um, in this timeline where they do pick her up and give her a deal. And that's why she ends up on the subway. And her first question is, were you going to tell me that you are behind F Society? I mean... Why Why would that be her first question out of right. nowhere? 
So so it is kind of suspicious. And then just how the scene ends with Elliot get off getting off the train and those two figures appearing who could be either dark army agents or who's ever recording the exchange. And then my last piece of evidence is um, the posters um, that were behind both Angela and Elliot with where they were sitting. I believe they both were like phase posters. And then there's like a shot of an ear and it talks mm. about listening. So it, it, I can see a little bit more evidence Um I'll I'll be I'll be fine either way though um, because if it if it's not who's somebody recording the call um, the FBI or somebody working a case against Elliot and F Society then it's alternatively the Dark Army so I'm fine with either I don't know yeah. if Matt has any thoughts on it no my mind was just blown because I didn't even think that she was wearing a wire this whole time I was just like <laughs> I just take Angela as just like oh you're a sincere friend and you want to let him know what you're gonna do before you go and man completely ruined that whole like <laughs> that welcome. whole nice scene thank you Sarah so good at ruining things <laughs> I'm just kidding yes. no only but only with you Matt only you, with you you guys make a lot of sense though like I because who really are those two people that, you know, we see at the very end um, approaching Angela? I mean, who, I, mean, I don't know. I'm starting to think it really, she really is wearing a wire this whole time. It makes the most sense. Yeah, I think if she cut a deal, um, it would, if anything, she's getting put in a safe house. And maybe that's where Trenton and Mobley are. Um, I don't think that those two people were Dark Army because uh, Dom did say to Angela that she has been following her. And if you pay attention mm-hmm. in the background of a lot of scenes with her out on her own, those same two people that you see show up on the train are are credited for in the episode and can be seen in the background of certain scenes, which was pretty interesting. So I feel like they, if awesome. anything, work with the FBI and are have been following Angela. And maybe her deal for turning herself in is just she'll get safe house just because we see how Dark Army has been taking anyone out. Makes sense. Um, and then Don yeah. was also mentioning, like, if you put Cisco's face out there, like, Dark Army going to get him for sure. And right. It seems like she's just trying to keep she all does the pieces. Know. Yeah. <sighs> oh, Dom. Dom was great this episode, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, she's very I smart like... and her boss undermines it. Yeah, but I like how in this episode specifically, her whole plot line runs throughout the episode and really drives all of the dramatic tension you feel. Mm -hmm. And it bleeds over into other scenes and really help drives the plot forward, which I think at the beginning, Matt, you said something about this episode just being jam packed. But it's also worth noting, it's the shortest episode we've had this season. (laughs) Which is crazy because, I mean, it feels like you're getting a lot of information, there's a lot of action, and there's all this stuff going on. Um, And it kind of reminded me a lot about the first season um, for a change because it kind of felt like the first season had a lot more urgency. um, And I really felt that within the last two episodes of this season. um, And I've been sort of missing that. So I think that's why I really liked what Dom was doing and just how her, the whole scene, I mean, we're going to talk about the the final shot now, 
but <laughs> that was that was just very very well done and executed um and i like matt you asked me at the very beginning about the opening shot it parallels and like perfectly bookends the final shot because with the opening shot you mentioned the tracking that happens um between Terrence Kobe about to leave and um, Philip Price and how they just do that tracking shot and zero right in on Philip Price, which is the complete opposite of what they do in the final scene where you have all this action and yet they just hold a static shot and allow it to play out right before our eyes, even though we can't really tell exactly what's going on where we are that um, third ob- observer. So, and I love bookends. <laughs> if not but yeah. well structurally yeah and also visually like um the viewer's eye is naturally drawn to where um dom is like walking into the store then it backs up and then you have everything all the setup pieces on the left side of the shot and then you see dom move towards mm-hmm. the right towards the booth they're at then the shooter comes out dom hits him and everything falls down and then the police come from the right side so while the frame is static, your naturally your eyes move from left to right, and I thought it was just yep. a genius move. And it's just so the show is so like artfully done. And mm-hmm. you mentioned it's the the shortest episode, um, but it had the most in it. I couldn't agree with that more. Just like again, you're like right in my head. Shades of season one with this episode. So we are yeah. all definitely nothing left out of that final scene too. I mean, in addition to the directions of the shot and all. Uh, and the scene happening where it's playing out, but you have that countdown to the, the shooting. Walk. Yeah. That was fantastic. And yeah. then, of course, you have the sign getting shot out to go from Lupe's to Lies, which I thought was an interesting little thing, too. Yeah, and with the countdown, it just elevates the mm-hmm. the tension because you're, you're, you're being held still almost, even though, right. as Matt pointed out, your eyes are directed. And yet still you're like, okay, what's going on? There's a clock right in front of me counting down what's going to happen. And so, and it also um, goes back to that ending scene a few episodes ago with um, Dom when they're in China. And those two scenes are very differently framed because we were following the action with that other one and it just bursted out of nowhere. And we were mainly right alongside Dom through, through it all. So it's kind of like we were involved with the action. And in this shot, we were just observing it. And it's as if we were just walking on the side of the street and we suddenly stop and just see all of this chaos um, play out right before our eyes. And so it's a very different experience. Ah. Yeah, we can't gush enough more about this, about that scene. I was just so blown away by it. Um, do you think, um, do you think Dom was like uh, they just missed Darlene and Cisco, or do you think they were in the booth still? I don't think that Dark Army has any plans to try to kill Darlene. I definitely don't mm-hmm. think. I think that they went in specifically targeting Cisco as soon as either they were following the FBI and then they saw the uh, thing posted on the news because as we know the writers have said I know like I was always thinking oh did they put a tracker under Cisco's nail but we, they, we know the writers confirmed that that was not what they did it was just a torture thing so I think that um, those dark army people were always just right behind 
Cisco. The FBI. FBI. Yeah, and Cisco and in Cisco in that case. Um just in case, you know, for whatever reason. And I think once they saw his face out on the news, they targeted him and took him down just like they did anyone else. I don't think Darlene was ever a target. Um so I don't know. I I think they know that Darlene is too important. Um, and they, mm-hmm. I think they also know that having the FBI investigation go on is somehow important to keep everything moving. So, yeah, and earlier yeah. we see that Dark Army had Cisco, like, you know, follow mm-hmm. um, Darlene. And we also see that the FBI got into Cisco's apartment. Do you think they found any kind of evidence that Cisco was following Darlene for a special reason or something like that? I'm not sure. I think me. I think the tapes we know were destroyed, so that's not an issue. Um, but I mean, I was thinking maybe they'll search his computer or something like that. But right. I mean, he's got to be smart and make it somehow. I don't know the technicalities of it or whatnot, but somehow make it, you know, hide his Encrypted. tracks. Yeah, yeah. kind of like um, yeah. what uh, uh, Romero did, you know, when they were investigating right. his computer, a little failsafe thing. So right, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. And. I'm with Alyssa. I I think that Cisco died in that, and both Dom and Darlene will be fine, mm-hmm. um, if shaken up, but fine to some degree. But it'll be interesting to see if um, in the next episode that if Darlene is now in the FBI custody, right, or right. if. Um, if for whatever reason the dark army also somehow got a hold of both of them and took them back to wherever others are being held, if if that's the dark army behind it, or if maybe that's how through Darlene being um, taken by the FBI, that's how we're going to be led to that safe house potentially that was talked about a few minutes ago. So, I mean, it's, it's leading us somewhere. I would yeah, really just like. Watch it. Oh, sorry. No good. I was, I was just going to say, watching really closely, I've seen some versions of that last minute slowed down, and you can just kind of see where, it, very gory, the, the blood splatters, and you can see that it's not, it's just Cisco, and then it hits like a ketchup bottle, <laughs> um, but right. <laughs> it never really hits in the direction of Darlene or Dom, so I just going by that, I'm pretty confident that Darlene is alive, and of course, you have the spoiler, which is the description for next week's episode right right sorry matt spoiler alert spoiler (laughs) alert it's fine everything's fair game in terms of research for next week's episode um yeah i i would just really like to see um angela i'm sorry not angela uh darlene and uh dom in like an fbi an fbi interrogation room like like seeing where darlene's character is at now and her like her frame of mind and it would be interesting to see how she would do in an FBI interrogation with Dom. So uh, I'm looking forward right. to that and, if it ever happens. You know, and and cross that um, with whatever wh- whatever happened between Dom and Gideon way back in the yeah, first episode of the season. Because right. we still don't know about that interrogation and what exactly Gideon revealed. Oh, Gideon. Again, He's more super questions dead. that have no answers. <laughs> Super dead. Thus, thus is Mr. Robot. <laughs> so many questions. Super dead. Um, final thoughts on the episode or um, any expectations you have going towards the season two finale? Um, Alyssa, we'll start with you. 
Oh, expectations. I just, my main expectation right now is where is Tyrell? Is he in that house? <laughs> I, I, of course, the whole time when they got that address, my first instinct was to say, oh, he's in the house. You know, that whole horror movie trope. But <laughs> right, I definitely, okay. I, I have to say, I do think that he is the one behind the, the phone call. And I have these moments where I think, oh, it's just too easy. It's not like Sam Esmail to make it so easy. Um, right. But it's been going on for so long now, and it's been made so obvious that I feel like if it's another twist, then it's just, it doesn't work for me, honestly. I think that that's definitely going to be Tyrell, and the place that he's located is going to say something big about what stage two is. I think that location is pretty important. Yeah, uh, Sarah, did you want to, do you have any ideas for where season two is headed towards? Um, first of all, I've got a question. So am I correct that, um, this Wednesday they're airing both of the final episodes back to back? No, they're airing the first half this week and then the second half next week. Well, that's lame, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be great because it started with a twofer and then it should end with a twofer. Right. Yeah, that's what I've, has, that's what I've been seeing on IMDb for weeks. Yeah, I just feel like that that the, whatever cliffhanger happens at the end of the first part, if it's like a two for episode, I feel like the cliffhanger is always so much more extreme. Yeah. Just because right. we get that relief right away. So I feel like this is going to be the worst waiting week of Mr. Robot history. Because <laughs> yeah. everyone wants to know where Tyrell is, for one thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Game of Thrones kind of set you up for like this whole era of where the penal pen, pen, I can't say the word. No, second to the last episode is usually the one where you get the big reveals or, oh my God's cliffhangers. And then right. the season finale is usually like a summary. But seeing as how last seasons went down, I I can't really see that. So I, I just want answers to at least some of the questions. I'm not saying all, but just some of them because we deserve it. <laughs> We're good. We viewers. need it. We tweet out the show. We talk good things about it. We tell our relatives it's, to do it. We we need it. It's just a respectful thing to do at this point. I mean, we are his friends after all, right? I mean, and friends, they answer each other's questions and right. tell each other stuff. Like, Not come always on, the truth, man. though. <laughs> yeah, Elliot. <Alyssa? laughs> lying to us about Ray and everything not being in jail. What a jerk. You know... <laughs> That that's cool. Tell me a lie now, and then two seasons from now, <laughs> claim it was all a lie. I'll be fine with that because for two years I'll have an answer to something. <laughs> that's cool. So Sarah, I think before you mentioned that if we don't know what happens to Tyrell by the end of season two, you might be done with this show. Are you gonna? Take, I might. Are you really? Are you gonna stand by that? I probably. This is the moment won't. where you sign the contract, but with your voice. I kind of feel like I signed that the last time I was on, but I'm I'm just saying there's a small possibility I will not be as enthusiastic next year if we do not know where Tyrell is by the end of the season. We might begrudgingly watch it. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to say, too. <laughs> we might begrudgingly watch it because there's still hope that he's still alive. Yeah. I'll watch it, Sam, going. <laughs> but I'm not going to like it. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be pity watching. Yeah. 
it's like angry watching so that's going to do our discussion for mr robot thanks for listening guys i wanted to also thank Alyssa for joining us this week thank you um, for having me yeah no worries dude did you want to plug anything online that you're involved with and maybe <laughs> uh have the audience follow you or something uh, not really. I mean, I guess when I watch Mr. Robot, I have some dumb but also witty comments. So you can follow my Twitter, and that's at A-V-W-S-M-N. Very cool. That's very it cool. for my online presence. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming again. And uh, Sarah, did you want to let the audience know where they can follow you? Well, you can follow me following Alyssa at SJ Belmont. S- S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Yeah. Sarah's a good follow. She <laughs> talks a lot about bears. That's not That's not true. You can follow there me. Is. Matt instigates it every single time. <laughs> I just assume you live with a family of bears. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you watch the bear cam, though. The, yeah. <laughs> subscribe. Subscribe for the bear cam. Um, shout out to bear cam. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Snapchat, I guess. I don't ever post there. Don't follow <laughs> me there. At I'm Salzy. I am S A L Z Y. You can follow the show at Cena Nerd. S C E N E. Letter N N E R D on Twitter. And yeah, check us out on Facebook. And also, please go to the GWW.com to read um, all of our geeky opinions on comics, games, TV, and film. And be sure to subscribe, guys, and let your uh, friends know if you have any friends that also listen to um mr robot maybe they also watch uh young justice um friend of the show oats entertainment um they're breaking down the whole first season so um week by week so if you want to rewatch a series like me and you can follow along with oats entertainment be sure to check out and subscribe to our uh scene and nerd itunes uh uh, uh thingy <laughs> subscription page what do you call it you're doing great matt you're doing yeah i'm almost there and yeah follow us on soundcloud if you don't have itunes because you know that's cool and with that (laughs) good night and good luck that's a good movie everyone forgot about (laughs) i love that movie you're welcome this has been a production of the gww radio network please don't forget to subscribe rate and review us on itunes stitcher and soundcloud also check out geeks worldwide at the gww.com for all the latest news reviews and opinions on video games comics movies tv cosplay and more geeks assemble Yeah, the movie was great. I forgot who was in it. George Clooney, right? George Clooney. Um, 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 Iron Man. <laughs> Robert Downey Robert Jr.? I can't believe Iron Man starred in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> Sorry, Tony Stark starred in that movie. <laughs> Semantics. Yeah, not Iron Man. Not, not the suit. Um. That's all I could think of. Leave me alone. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs>